Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features Caven. Caven is a Los Angeles based cinematographer, videographer, filmmaker, and content creator. I have personally worked with Caven on projects in the past, and I can attest to his insane skill level. As talented as Caven is with a camera in his hand, trust me, he's even more of a joy to be around and a better person. During this episode, we discuss his recent inspirations around his content creation and some of the goals he has laid out for himself in 2024. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please give it a share. Let's dive in. So what, what'd you do today? What was on What was on Caven? Alexander's schedule today? Uh, I mean, shot some content, edited, edited some stuff. Uh, I mean, pretty much that's, that's been it as of, as of late. I've been heavy on the content. So I'll get up, um, do the morning routine, shoot content, walk a dog, you know, regular work from home stuff. Uh, any are you working on any like big clients right now? Anyone or like not big clients, but I mean repetitive, like I'm working on a big project or anything like that, or what's yeah, yeah. So um yeah, so me and Bionic Brooks, uh we've been we're in post uh me and Bionic Brooks are in uh post-production for Bionic Battlegrounds. It was a show that we shot uh end of last year. Um I don't want to give out too many too many details. Show coming out coming out soon but it was cool it was uh you know basketball related things um well a basketball was a big part of it we did some more things like you know 40 yard dash and uh, a couple football throws here and there you know we tried to make it entertaining but yeah i've been working on that for yeah since november uh we started the we started the post we started the pre-production August, September, scripting out story ideas and, you know, what we're going to do. Shot it late November and then December up to now, we've been in post-production, um, editing it. Uh, the goal is for it to be done by the end of this month, and I think we're on track. Um, I got two I got two episodes that I got to finish up, but it's fun. You know, editing is probably, I'm not going to say the worst part of videography but it's the most tedious it takes the most time um you know you always like to be out there creating but part of the process so yeah i've been working on that and then um got an artist that i've been working with since last year test for real uh his project is just now coming out um january 25th uh we shot the uh we shot the album release uh, we we shot the album cover last week. Um, did a couple photo shoots here and there. Those will be coming out soon. Vlogged that whole little experience. So that video is coming out soon. Um, and, and for his project, we'll be shooting music videos and things like that. I saw some of the music videos that he shot back home with uh, one of my guys, the Trent director dad. Video was amazing. They killed it. So, you know, I can't wait to start shooting videos for this project, things like that. So yeah, those are two big projects that I'm working on right now. Um, yeah, got, got some other things in the works, but nothing is confirmed yet. So if, if someone were listening and they were like, and if they knew, you know, Hey, they saw your content, 
how do you prefer someone get in contact with you to collaborate on a project to, for you to be their videographer, photographer, creator? What, what's the best way to get a hold of Kaven? Uh, I'd say the best way is through Instagram. Instagram. Um, that's, the, that's the social media outlet that I'm mainly focusing on this year. Um, so that would be the best way. I mean, I got my website and things like that, but the easiest way is through Instagram. Are you mainly, are you mainly doing content for people locally, like near, cause you're in LA, right? That's where you're at right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the most part. Yeah. I do, you know, the greater parts of, of Los Angeles, but if anybody needs me, if you need a videographer, you need me, I mean, for sure. Yeah, uh, I try to, the goal is to be global. So no, definitely. I can speak from personal experience that this is, I mean, I mean, number one, you are my favorite person to work with on right. any, I've been, I've worked on a lot of projects throughout school, throughout my life at work, throughout the army um, sports. You are, I can attest, you are the easiest person to work with, especially knowing that like all the stress that you have to go through. Actually, it was cracking me up. <laughs> you posted a video on your story the other day. I think I liked it yesterday or two days ago. And it showed like a, a guy who's a content creator, like a filmmaker, videographer, whatever. He's like in the alleyway, like like sitting there with $6,000 worth of equipment, like waiting for someone he doesn't know. <laughs> it just took me back to like the, some of the work that we did together, but then that you do that with people like we had a relationship at, at, one, at some point, right? But right, right, right. We, didn't, we didn't right away, but you deal with people right. all the time where it's probably just a one-off. You don't know them. Um, but I can tell you like, you're really, that that's your strong suit is you're great at videoing and editing, but your personality, man, so easy to deal with. Right. Like, I really mean that. Yeah. I mean, I try to have fun with it and it is scary. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, you, in this space, you meet a lot of people that you don't know. You're in rooms with a lot of people who you've never even heard of, you know, but they like your work, they reach out. Um, but I just thought that post was funny because like, in, in my, my setup isn't even as expensive, you know, like I probably would have, to 25, 2500 setup, but my next setup will be well over 10,000. So it's like me bringing that out for, for one video. And it's like, yeah, you know, this could be tricky, but that's why, you know, you get insurance for your things and stuff like that. Yeah. To times. But I, I really did think that was funny because early on, when you start video and content creation, you'll be doing a lot of stuff outside with, no security, no nothing like that. So you never really know. You never know what happens. So yeah. uh, that was pretty. That is very true for all videographers. It's, it's relatable. Remember when we were in Arkansas, we were trying to film inside that building, and that lady thought we were the weirdest people ever. <laughs> That's another thing too. That's another thing too. Is you you kind of it's funny when you truly think about like what I do. Like I'm literally sitting there, me and a camera, and people are doing like crazy at. Excuse me, like <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, on the plus one, you can swear, bro. You can say that for it. You got it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, people are doing like people are are dancing, you know, rapping, doing whatever in front of you and a camera. So like on the outside looking in, I'm sure we look crazy, but it makes good content. So I try to tell people that won't work, and I'm like, yo, this might look crazy. What I'm, you know, directly do what I'm trying to get you to do, but trust me, on film, it look right. And with more people, with more people, it becomes the actual production and things like that. So a lot of people take it more seriously when it's more people. But like I said, early on, it's just me and you in front of the camera, yeah. you know. So 
It's yeah, you make, yeah, you make it easy to be. I mean, I I don't mind. You, you probably know. I don't care about. I like being in front of the camera. It doesn't. I'm not camera shy. But you definitely make it much easier and take pressure off, especially in public, because we did some stuff downtown Arkansas or in um, Little Rock, right? And it's like, I mean, it, to me in my head, it was just the two of us. I didn't see anyone else. I just saw you, and that was it. Right. right. To me, I'm just having fun. Like I, I, I always keep it in my mind that this is what I'm trying to do. Like this is something I'm trying to do. So like, um, you, well, you know out there and looking stupid feeling stupid it doesn't matter like you know it's you're stupid to somebody until you become it you know exactly exactly i think think this is a big a big reason oh sorry i didn't want to cut you off go ahead oh no no go ahead oh no 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 go go keep going this is you're the plus one (laughs) this is all about you my man (laughs) yeah so so like yeah like i try to tell everybody i work with the same thing like if you're a rapper if you're trying if you're trying to pursue rap you're never going to stop looking crazy on camera like they'll no matter how big of an artist you are they still do running guns they still do you know solo shoots with one cameraman so like the the, the difference is when you're famous you're going to attract an even bigger crowd so it's like you're really going to have to do crazy stuff in front of people live so yeah just i try to treat it like a job you know definitely yeah i think you do a great job of that i, I mean that is a perfect segue into you saying you do it. You should have fun with it. So what, when did you know that you wanted to do filmmaking videography? Talk us through that. Honestly, honestly, videography wasn't the route that I thought I was going to take. Growing up, I was a artist, you know, pen comes from paper drawer type stuff. Um, all, all my family are artists. My mom, she makes crafts and things like that. My brother, he can draw. My sister does braids. She can do any type of design you want in your head, you know, things like that. Um, my niece, nephews, they all draw. So art has always um, been, you know, one of my strong suits. So growing up, I used to always want to be an animator. Um, playing football, though, you know, a lot of creative and hard work and, uh, uh, you know, you know, stuff like creative things and, and, you know, trying to be a doctor and a lawyer and things like that to take time. It doesn't work with a football schedule. Like uh, at A-State, there have been times where I'd have a design class at 2.30 and, you know, meetings start at 2. And I'm not getting out of the design class at 3.30, 3.45. So like I missed all the meetings and things like that. So, yeah, animation was the, the first route that I wanted to take when I came to California and college. Uh, first time when I went to Butte, I talked to them about getting into, like, you know, animation and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, we don't have that. We got graphic design. Uh, and I was like, mm, maybe computer science. I'll do that. You know, they worked with the, with, the, work with the football schedule and with what I knew back then, I thought, Computer science would be my way to animation. Computer science was not the way. Uh, I got into those higher level math classes and was like, yeah, it's rats. (laughs) 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 Rats. Cut it, cut it. Um, But yeah, so went went the design route at Butte. um, And then when I went to A-State, tried to get in craft design again. And, you know, it didn't work with the football schedule at all. But they had a program in the multimedia uh, journalism department called Crave Media Production. 
Um, so started taking that, started learning Adobe and learning how to edit and things like that. Um, my teacher told us um, to do like a radio show uh, or something like that. So I did my radio show at 12, was playing hip hop music and stuff like that. Thinking back on it, I probably should have did the, a podcast then. That was back in 2017. So like podcasting wasn't even really a big thing like it is now. It wasn't but a streamlined thing. I could have turned that into a pod. Wasn't thinking. Did the radio show. Was like, ah, this is cool. Well, yeah. So as a kid, the goal was to be an animator. I picked up the picked up a camera. Um, actually, while I was playing football, um, I think the first time I shot something was 2016. I shot shot a vet at A State, and you know, fell in love with it. Um, I do hate that A State didn't teach me what I needed to know to succeed. Um, and I just think I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, A-State didn't teach me the tools that I needed to succeed, but I will say this industry was kind of new. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people thought you had to go to film school to become a filmmaker and things like that. And that's really not the case. You just got to pick up camera and start working, you know, pick up camera, get to going. And as you figure it out, you learn more. Um, So yeah, the goal is still to, to be an animator. Um, that is that is a dream of mine, but I do think the direction I get there will be different. I think I'll get there the cinematography route, um, and like I would love to work on animated movies. I love to work for Disney. Uh, my dream was to work for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, uh, but Cartoon Network isn't a thing anymore. And um, dude, can I we can... just stop for a second? Listen, I don't want to. I hate cutting you off. I feel like, hey, 12, 13 minutes in, I've, I haven't really interrupted you. That's pretty damn good. But let me tell you, dude, you posted a video like two weeks ago. You just, it just popped in my head of uh, that shot of the, of you drinking your coffee with the Cartoon Network mug. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Kevin, like, <laughs> this is no joke. I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, bro. Like, ask Katie, because it happens like every time you post. I li- I could be in, in the shower. I could get out of the shower, nothing but a towel on. I could be, anytime if I'm scrolling, right, I'll just sprint to Katie and be like, look how freaking talented this guy is, dude. Like, I could be half awake midnight. I'll wake Katie up like, hey, see what Caven posted? This is this is good stuff, right? Like, it was such a great post of, you, like, the, the shot that uh, she's actually just got sponsored by a, um, she's like the influencer creator for a really popping coffee spot over here. Right? I know it's, it's it's pretty awesome, dude. It's pretty awesome. But they wanted to post like two or three, like you know, B roll, whatever shots a week. It, it could literally be of her life or whatever. But she wanted to do coffee, and I showed her the video. I'm like, we could literally do that, not as good as Kevin, but we could do that idea outside, yeah. bro. It is such a basic shot that you did, but like so beautiful. So talk me through the inspiration on that shot specifically. I'm going to talk about your inspiration lately, but on that shot, what was the inspiration? It was so simple, but but amazing. What was it? What was going on? So the inspiration behind that, um, as of late, I don't know why. I truly don't know why. Because um, I don't, I haven't been watching TV a lot. Like, I think that's a big thing um, that I've been trying to implement is uh, turn TV on. And, you know, just get to work. But as of late, I've been watching Dragon Ball Z. Um, and Dragon Ball Z was the first anime that I ever watched. I'm a big anime fan. Every, everybody knows, you know, you know. 
So big anime fan. Dragon Ball Z was the first anime that I ever watched. Fell in love with it. Um, but recently I've been watching the old Dragon Ball Z and I was, it was just one day I was watching, I was watching the, uh, it was Goku fighting Frieza on Planet Anime. And I was like, man, bro, I remember watching this as a kid and how excited I was. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just watch, especially when he did the, uh, when Goku did the spirit bomb. Like, I remember as a kid standing like this by TV, like, <laughs> You know, so now watching it, I I was watching. I was like, "Yo, like that's so nostalgic." I was like, "You know, I should shoot this video." And then it was during golden hour. I was like, "Ah, the lighting is perfect, perfect." Shoot this video. I got the the Cartoon Network cup, and I was thinking, I was like, "Man, I wish I had a Adult Swim cup," because you know it came on Adult Swim. So, but I was like, "Yo, I should just go out." And shoot this. And it was honestly like a just get comfortable for being in front of the camera type deal. Right. Know? That was a, a shy, shy video about like, you know, I do want to show that I'm trying to be a filmmaker. So like I need to make this as crisp as possible, even though like it truly doesn't have a point. It's just content that I'm putting out there. Such good content, but, dude. Oh, it it, it 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 meant so much to me because I'm like. I said, I remember being that kid in front of the TV, you know, waiting every Saturday to watch Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and One Piece and things like that. Um, so, like, yeah, I was just thinking about the old days. I was like, you know, I wonder if anybody can relate to this. That was so, beautiful. It was beautiful. Like, I actually have a question on it, and this is more technical, but that's what we're here for. You take these shots of you, like, like the, the opening shot, I believe, is just the kind of a skyline type view of that video. Is it just me? That might that might have been a still shot. I think the still shot was of you with the coffee mug from like like seeing your whole body. But the shot of the sky, is there slight movement in that? Or was that maybe it was me, but you're really good at or the shot of the light in the next one, you did a quiet time or you did your um morning, your Monday like day shot. Uh the opening shot is the light, the the light, like the street light, whatever it was. It looks like there's, is there slight movement there? Because it, it looks so nice. Now, is it, are those still shots? Still shots. No, still no, shots. no movement. Um, something that I do with uh, my videos. Um, so when you shoot, when you shoot video, there's ways you can set your shutter speed to catch the uh, natural motion blur. So the natural motion blur would be, you know, what you're seeing right now. So what I do is I bump my shutter speed up to, 125. So I'll bump it up to what you would normally shoot for slow motion. And I do that so there won't be a natural motion blur. Like everything can be real crisp and, uh, you know, in focus, things like that. And I I do that on purpose. Um, When you uh, look at movies, a lot of movies are shot in 24 frames and they want it to look as real as possible because, you know, they've already added enough movie magic to it. So they want you to enjoy watching it. But I do think for social media to get the, the crispest image, you definitely should bump up your shutter speed. So uh, most of all of my videos, I usually bump up the shutter speed. So like for the stills and stuff like that, um, I try to just use the natural motion of things. I was hoping a plane flew by, I stayed by the airport. So I was hoping a plane flew by so you could get like some actual motion and stuff like that. But, but overall, I was just trying to get a shot of the sky. You know, like golden hour is beautiful. The, the the blues and oranges in the sky is perfect for cinema so yeah it was, it was awesome it was it was honestly breathtaking stuff dude so 
that kind of leads into the next question I have for you, which is that was about that video. But overall, what I've seen, right, and I'm just one of your former clients, future clients for sure, uh, friends, hopefully. (laughs) And I've seen a lot of just recently, like a good burst of like more consistent content and there's just a good energy behind it. What's been inspiring you lately? Am I am I catching on to something? What do you you know talk about what's going on lately? Honestly, uh, my goal for this year was to take a deep dive into the film. Um, I knew coming in when you are posting things and and uh, stuff like that. When you start posting content, um, I know you'll get a big big burst of love and stuff like that. But it'll eventually trickle down. <clears throat> So I just wanted to, I just wanted to post good and clear content um, on top of, like I said, taking a deep dive into film because film is a niche. Like that's, that's something that I want everybody to understand. It's like, while content creation as a whole is a thing, what type of content you produce is so niche. Um, And my goal is to be a a famous cinematographer, you know, director. So I'm like, you know, at this point in my career, the way I will get to the next step is for people to understand that I do know how to storytell. I do know how to set up and get good shots. I do know about lighting and things of that nature. But the only way you learn those is by actually putting in the work. Yeah. And you know, as as good as I as good as I know, it's hard to get people to just hop in and want to do a video with you. You know, yep. so I'm like, you know, I got to shoot it myself. Um, so. Yeah, it's just this year is just the deep dive into filmmaking. That's what my goal is. That's what um, I try to uh, portray with my filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so and I, and I want to put out things that I like. Like I've done a lot of work for other people, um, but it hadn't gone in the direction that I wanted it to go. So I just, you know, want to put out things that I like, some work that I'm proud of, some work that shows that. I know exactly what I'm doing um, and you should hire me to get on set with you. you know? that, that's the thing, right? Is that when you have full control over it, people really get an idea of your, of your style, right? And like mm-hmm. how good you really are. Not that, you know, when you're shooting something for someone else, you might have to tailor it to what they want. This is you shooting something that crisp, again, in your niche, in the, in that cinematography and filmmaking uh, or, you know, area, which I think is awesome. Some of the shots I really admired when you talk about storytelling, because this is something I obviously picked up from you. I, I sent you that video when I had of the car, right? Like there were a, a lot of that good. stuff. What's Very that? Good Very good video. Thank you. Thank you. Well, a lot of it was, you know, again, not a videographer, just someone who likes to post his bodybuilding content of a, like a, it's more branding. Like, so, you know, Adam Hawkins likes to lift weights. Adam Hawkins likes to talk about football. Adam Hawkins of the podcast, right? Obviously not a cinematographer. But if I'm going to do something, like I want to use all the skills I can, right? So that's why I like having people like you in my life to steal from and, and learn from. But um, connecting shots is really awesome and you're really great at it. And you gave me some good tips after I showed the showed the video. Something that like is subtle about you, and I'm, and I'm going here with a question, but you're watching you go through your Monday day, the Monday routine. Like mm-hmm. as simple as when you sat down in your chair, right? What's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to grab the mouse, right? Mm-hmm. And then you show the shot, like a really good, I guess you'd call it B-roll, right? Of your hand going on the mouse and clicking. And then your eye, like talk about like, how do you get better at that? 
Like, how do you get better at that? Because I don't know if you learned that in school. Like, how do you learn that stuff? Um, I mean, I learned from watching other creators, you know, I, I consume media just like everybody else. Um, and I do have some content creators that I, I look at. Um, you know, one thing I learned in, in film school was nothing is truly original. Um, everybody steals from somebody. They just find creative ways to do it. I remember you had a book, Still Like an Artist. Still like an um, artist. I've never read I've never read that book, but all of the content creators that I look at, they all have that book. So I'm sitting there looking like, you know, maybe this is a book that I should read. <laughs> but yeah, I look at them. I look at I look at the stuff that they do. And if they have a cool shot, I'm like, yo, I could I need to find a creative way to put that in my video. Yep. Um so yeah, it's just it just comes with with um it comes with with practice. It comes with learning filmmaking and things like that. Um, but also it, it comes with um, understanding what you're about to do. So for that video, I knew I was about to, I knew the goal was to show what I do in a day. So it's true. It, it was uh, the breakdown was, well, what do you do in a day? You know, and then after that, it was, okay, how can you shoot this to make it look good cinematically? Um, so I was like, you know, a tight shot of me, you know, reaching for the mop for the mouse would be cool over the shoulder shot. Over the shoulder shot, just a bit of just a bit of your shoulder to your head, you can see. Yeah, and 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 it's little little techniques like that that you learn throughout the videography process of you know depth of field and rule of thirds and things like that. Um, that you throw in that make composition good. Um, so it was just stuff like that. Like, like I legit wrote out my day, you know, you know, get up, work out, uh, six 30, work out to, you know, eight, take shower, you know, eat breakfast, start editing, you know, the quiet time post was actually the back end of the day. Truly. Um, like in real time, like we're talking, if I stood next to you all day, right. Well, yeah. If you, if you, if you was with me all day, the first half would be, you know, me getting up. Um, I didn't post me actually content creating because I mean I was in I was legit doing it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, right. The video was to show like obviously I'm content creating, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I, I I'll you know work, eat lunch, you know, and then take a break. Usually when I take a break, I'll play like Apex. Yeah. Um, or I'll, I'll, you know, if I if I got because I got my shows that that come out throughout the week. Um, so like, if I know an episode came out that day during my break, I'll watch that episode, you know, and then, you know, after that, have some quiet time, you know, pull back. Like I'm always, I'm always either on my phone or on my computer. You know, it's always a screen in my face. So I like to give myself some time to pull back a little bit, you know, read a book, quiet time, turn on Falofi, you know, to just wind down the day. Definitely. And I think for when we talk about storytelling, you're talking about, you just mentioned it. And it's something, again, another thing you taught me, but you, I also like as basic as when you write a, pa- a paper with a thesis, right? Like let's talk about basic in college. You got to write a thesis paper, everything, all of your points should tie back to that. The- like this is the thesis. Everything ties back to the thesis, everything you do. You were like, hey, I'm going to show my day today in a cinematic way, right? Like everything I do in the day. Mm -hmm. So everything I do needs to be 
something I did that day and then cinematic. How do I shoot, shoot it cinematically? Every little thing ties back from a story. That's my thesis analogy, but from a storytelling perspective, it's kind of similar, right? No, and 100%. That's absolutely, that's absolutely what it is. Because like, I feel like I was watching this uh, live today. I was on YouTube watching live and um, it was a, a, a filmmaker that I, I'm not going to say look up to, but I enjoy their work. You know, I, I look up to people who are passionate about their craft. So yeah. no matter what you're doing, I will find inspiration from you. Um, but I was watching his live and he was talking about being a content creator versus being a filmmaker. And I was like, mm, you know, honestly, I'm both. Um, yeah. Because in this space, in this in this space, you honestly, content creation is now on the entry level thing. It's something that I can do for free that can turn into money that I could use for my passion. So, um, so yeah, I always try to relate it back to film because like the goal is to be a cinematographer. Um, the goal is to be in the film world. I want to be a part of them. So I'm like, yeah, I can create content for sure. But to tie it into my niche and what I'm trying to do is I have to make it cinematic. You so have to. I can, yeah. I can attract the people that are looking for people like me. Thanks. You know, I can attract those, the creator that's looking for inspiration. They can look at my page. Like I'm looking at looking at theirs, you know. Exactly. So I'm just I'm trying to just truly hone in on the niche of, of film. I want to get in that world um, like Katie. I can't wait till I get my first brand deal. Uh, <laughs> I know she came home, dude. You know what's funny? She comes home and she she thinks I'm good at shooting B roll all because I said the word and that she's seen a few clips that I've copied from you. And she's like, I think they want B roll. So like, I think you should do it. And I'm like, I don't think you understand, sweetheart. Like, they want a girl to shoot her day about drinking yeah. coffee. They don't want a bearded guy <laughs> right she she thought they just wanted some shots but they really wanted her to show her day so good for katie we're all pumped for her but trust me there is no doubt in my mind with your talent right number one you have the talent because like you have to have enough talent i think in any industry number one to like base level you have more than that but it's your personality and your people skills that set you apart in my opinion uh we were joking before we got on the phone i don't know if people heard heard us i don't think it's a part of the pod but I think we were on the phone. You're like, when we're both successful, I'd love to come back on. And I thought, well, we are both successful. You're very successful already because yeah. we where your talent is. That means where your craft is at, right? Like mm-hmm. you've, you've really worked hard to get there. So never sell yourself short on that. A big reason, a big question, a, a simple question that I would ask you, whether we were on a podcast or just sitting next to each other, right? Right. If I can get my camera right. Let me get this right. Boom. There we go. Okay. A simple question I would ask you and for anyone listening this, is, this could be for someone who is a legitimate, like, hardcore content creator. Could be a casual content creator. Caven, it could be for somebody that's just trying to take a good photo picture of their family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, however you want to take it, whatever level, all levels. What are some good, like, tips that you would give to, like, beginner or anyone with content creation? Any level. Beginner, intermediate, experienced. Um, The first thing I'd say, get a camera. Um, it doesn't matter. It can be a phone, get a camera. Um, second thing I'll say is learn about composition, learn about rules of thirds, um, you know, learn how to properly use the camera. 
And like, you know, it does it doesn't take long to properly use the camera. Like, you know, you can learn that in a week. Um, after that, a lot of times you're gonna be shooting outside. Learn what golden hour is and tailor everything you shoot around that time. That's when you'll get the best lighting. Outside of that, cloudy days are good too. So because nine times out nine times out of ten, when you're a fresh and starting content creator, um, you'll be doing a lot of stuff outside. So, because that's free. So, yeah, learn how to use the sun. Um, and then after that, get a light. All right? You're not going to be able to use the sun all the time. So, get a light. So, yeah, get a camera. Learn how to use it. Learn about composition, rule of thirds. Understand golden hour. And then after that, light. Okay, so now now back to me. My my advice to to add on to that. You talked about it earlier. I watched a video. I don't know, like right around Christmas, maybe like a maybe like right before Christmas. Anyways, not too long ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and it was what you were talking about earlier. How to shoot a cinematic feel that everyone in Hollywood shoots at twenty four fps, right frames per second. And then you talked about shutter speed. I want to make sure I'm correct on this because sometimes I want to get a cinematic feel too. And I'm like, it's not really coming out that way. So I downloaded a an app on my phone called uh, Moment. I don't know if you've heard of it. You might've heard of it, but yeah. it allows me to have more settings. I've been using it to like get a darker, like it's called the Evo. You probably know what that is. I set it so it's darker when I'm at the gym because I like that. That's more my feel. But if I want to get my shutter speed, will that be an option I can do on a phone or shutter speed only something that you can do with a real, like what you're using? Oh yeah, no, they got apps um, where you can uh, change your shutter speed and stuff like that. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Blackmagic has an app that's free that allows you to control ISO, shutter speed, um, aperture, things of that nature. What shutter that speed app- do I want? For cinematic, um, for cinematic, I mean, it, it all depends on you know what you look for. Uh, for at the bare minimum, your shutter speed should be double your frame rate. So if you're shooting 24, your okay. shutter speed should be one over 48, one over 50. If you're shooting 60, your shutter speed should be one over 120. You know, it's always should be double your frame rate, and that's to get the natural motion blur. That's to, to make everything look natural. I said the frame rate controls how cinematic it looks. Um, so shoot everything at 24. Um, if you want clear, crisp video, keep your ISO low. That's the so keep it. I'd say keep it under 1200. Um, but also when it comes to like gym stuff, the lighting in your gym matters as well. So like I know you like the more moodier things like that. It'd be beneficial if you had a gym that was more moodier with like black walls, with the uh, like the tube lights, the bright tube lights and everything like that adds to it. Like how moody the gym is adds to the overall look. So when I shoot during golden hour, it's uh, it's already moodier because most things behind me is, are dark and then the light is shining on me, making me light. Um, but yeah, most more moody things is always darker, you know. So yeah, it, it it definitely depends on the space. When you crank your shutter speed up for a still shot, how high are you going? Um well, like, like I said, mine's a perf- a personal preference. If I'm taking a picture, um 
if I'm taking a picture, I'd rather keep my ISO low. So I would crank my shutter speed up as high as I can to get the crisp image. And there's there's like certain there's certain times where you have to, you know, crank up and down your shutter speed. Like if you're shooting for sports, most sports photographers shoot with very high shutter speed. Yeah. So they can get they can stop you in motion. Yeah. So you'll hear their cameras clicking like this, click, 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 click. You know, they're trying to stop your motions. Um, so it all depends on like what you're trying to shoot. But like if you're just trying to get a crisp, a crisp picture, you know, like I said, low at low ISO, get good lighting, show speed to stop you in, in motion, you know, cool F stop. Um, things like things like that. But the environment truly controls how moving things are um, and, and lighting. It's amazing you bring that up, lighting and the environment. I was watching that same video, a few different videos this morning. I spent like, a good a, a good hour on YouTube when you really hone in. You learn a lot. You know this, right? Like you can really, people like grind for 20 hours a day. I, I always laugh. Like if you put a good hour in and then you go use it and you come back and grab another hour of, of learning, I think that's that's how I like to do it. But this guy was talking about how Again, mentor, mentee, right? He was the mentee and he said he did the History Channel with uh, a really successful guy that was, you know, cinematographer, videographer, filmmaker. He said, dude, this, the the, the difference in our skills, we're not different. We're, we're pretty comparable, but this guy's ability to control lighting, Kevin, in creative ways, for example, something that you've probably done because you've done car shots of someone driving where they're replacing the lights, like gluing them to the, with like to the ceiling, right? The most dull, almost like those um, those uh, chem lights that we're using during uh, Edith, right? Like something yeah. as simple, even lighter, like not not as much light as that. But how, like they, he was showing the difference in the frame, like the frames, like those things. I'm sure those are things that you had to learn, like how to get creatively, how to get creative to add those lighting to. Oh, yeah. To frame, I, I'm still, sure. And I'm still learning right now. Like uh, it's a forever learning process. I will say, like there are basic things that every filmmaker cinematographer should know like there is a skeleton of videography cinematography there's a skeleton for sure but the way the way the body of it is put together is different it's unique um but the big step from this the big step or jump that you take from becoming a the everyday shooter to a successful cinematographer successful filmmaker is how you use lighting like the difference between a videographer and a cinematographer is the way they use they use lighting. Cinematographers control lighting in all aspects. Yeah. Whereas videographers rely on whatever light they get and they shoot what they see. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm taking that's part of that's one of the big deep dives I'm taking this year is keying in onto light and into lighting and knowing understanding how to light certain situ certain lights, how to use certain lights for a situation, how to light. Like certain certain objects, certain targets, what lighting looks good for certain things, and all this and that. It's a lighting is the the true bulk of the learning when it comes to shooting. You don't need my advice, so I'm going to give you unsolicited advice, and it's not a you need to do this. It's a be really cool if you did. Go ahead. So, so I take all the advice. Oh, you take it. Okay, I didn't know if you had something. <laughs> the batteries of the camera got me all paranoid. Um, not advice, more of like a recommendation and like a request. If you do a really cool shot, which you will this year at some point, and you tinker around with the lighting a lot, it'd be really cool on the back end. 
you know, you're there for the client or whoever you're working with. You'll do enough trial and error. You should show like, this is what the shot would have looked like before we switch the lighting here. Something as simple with your voiceover. Cause you have a great voice. It could be a 20 second reel. This is what the shot was going to look like. We then, and then the shot of you showing where you put the lights, this is what it ended up looking like. If that's something you have written down, I think you would, you would crush with that. Like that would be something I would really want to yeah. see anyways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, throughout this year, I'll definitely be doing how to videos and um, script breakdowns, pre-planning, post-production. Uh, you know, I, I, I truly plan on taking a deep dive into filmmaking this year. And I, I hope, I hope to, you know, show everybody this journey that I'm taking. I hope, you know, people support it. I'm excited to show people my work, more of my work. And, you know, I'm excited for people to follow me along on this journey. But I'll definitely be doing, I'll definitely be doing breakdowns from all of my work, whether it's editing, whether it's how I lit this, whether it's how I shot this, even how to use natural sunlight. Because there's ways you can manipulate sunlight to better help your your uh, film and what you're shooting and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll definitely be doing breakdowns throughout the year. Sure. You have you have our support over here, so we're we're looking forward to it now. I can't let you out of here without talking football because what people don't know is obviously we're pretty good friends and we talk all the time. I, I feel like we're in touch quite often on social media, but a few days ago, posted a little Caleb Williams in a Chicago bears Jersey. Now mm-hmm. we had some conversation. So I want you to explain to listeners why you would stick with Justin Fields. Mm, okay. So, so the, the, the reason, yeah, the reason I would stick with Justin Fields is because he's young and he's good. Like I can see if I can see if he was like David Davis Mills, like who we had before CJ. Like he was, he wasn't good. Justin Fields is good. For one, he just doesn't have a good coach around him, and two, he doesn't have have uh, enough weapons. I saw a post that said. The Chicago Bears have been uh, interviewing OCs, and all of the OCs want to run four wide receivers. And the Bears don't have enough receivers to run four wide receivers. And then, if you truly look at if you truly look at it, if you truly look at running four wide receiver sets, that means you'd have to have at least eleven receivers that can step in at any moment. All the Bears got is DJ Moore. DJ uh, Chark is is. He's good, but he's no DJ Moore. And then, like, who's the running back? You know? And then O-line is patchy. Like, you know, a, a lot of these games, you, you not honestly... gonna Not going to knock you, but I have a lot of Bears friends. Chark is not on the Bears. You might have seen people projected them getting him. We don't have Chark. We'd love to have him. I think he's. I think he went to the Panthers. He's with, he's oh. with Bryce Young. So the Bears mm-hmm. receivers, but you are right. Bears receivers are DJ Moore. Darnell Mooney, who was a thousand yard receiver, but came off of in, came off of injury. He's a good player, but he came off injury last year. Then you've got like Equinemius St. Brown. I mean, he's a special teams player, to be honest with you. And then Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, speed. He was a rookie, right? But after that, you are one hundred percent right. We don't have any. We don't have enough receivers for this. And that's the at thing. the moment. I, at the moment. Yeah, and that's the thing. I got it wrong. So like, <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> What, what is that? What does that tell you? I got it wrong. Yeah. So like, the only receiver y'all truly have is DJ Moore. Yeah. So it's like, and then like, the O line is iffy. Like we've seen games, we've seen a lot of games where Justin Fields got sacked a lot. We've seen a lot of games where he's running around in the pocket. So it's like, 
why replace the quarterback when you haven't given him a legitimate chance? And then going and getting Caleb and putting him in that same offense, what do you think is going to happen? Like, who's he going to throw to? So I think the smartest thing for this year, for this year, is to give him a chance. Two, there are good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks come every year. So, like, who's to say y'all don't get Caleb Williams, y'all go another route, and just the field is still, you know, hadn't progressed. You can go get Shador Sanders from college. You can go get any other – I'm not – it's not any other quarterback, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks in, in college. And they make so, it so, seem like every year, Kevin, that this is the year of only generational quarterbacks. If if next year there's – like there's not, not one quarterback's going to declare for the draft. They almost make it seem that way. That's not true. It's the not media. true. Right. Justin Fields is good. Like I said, I think with your first two picks – because y'all got two top ten picks, right? One and nine. One and nine. So with your first two picks, I'd go with Marvin Harrison. I'd, I'd take him first off the board to give DJ Moore a break. You see, and, and then in the NFL now, most offenses run two receiver, uh, run two dominant receiver sets, right? So with Texans, we had Tank Dale, we had Nico Collins. With the Cowboys, you got Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, well, the Vikings, we you know we see with the Vikings, right? Um, then you got you got Bill, Stephon Diggs, and uh, 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 Gabriel Davis. Is it, is it Gabe Davis? Yeah, yeah. Gabe Davis. And then you got, you got the Chiefs that got uh, 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 what? Rice. 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 Yeah. And Travis Kelsey. And it's yeah. like it's like you know you look at the pass catchers and you you look at the Bears and it's like. The Bears don't even have this. So, yeah, give Marvin Harrison to give give him another target. So, like, I don't have to just force things to DJ Moore now. I can go to Marvin Harrison. And then when Mooney comes, when, when Mooney gets back healthy, now you got three. Right. Right? So if, and the thing I is, go, the, yeah, the thing is, Mooney's in a weird situation. He's on a contract here, too, right? It's his fourth year. So, like, I don't know. I think he'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably get lured away because someone might throw a little bit more money at him than the Bears. You know what I mean? But here, here's my take. Here's my take. I like I like your idea on this year. I think it's important that people know. Kaven is saying this year. So the problem with keeping fields, I think, my opinion, is that you got to pay him soon. So he's going into year four, and I get it. You can pick up the fifth-year option, right? But you pick up the fifth-year option, he plays year four, and he's no good, and all you have is a fifth-year option. Teams aren't going to trade for him next year because they're going to be like, dude, you're stuck with him, or he's going to be a free agent soon, and then we don't have to give up anything for him. Right. Especially if he doesn't play well, because then his trade value goes down. I'm not saying I'm hundred percent and get rid of him. I'm just going to throw this back at you. You said, Hey, the receivers, the, the offensive line, it's really difficult. Kevin as a bears fan sitting across from you right now with that nice Texans hoodie on, and it looks so good. And we, you have a quarterback who CJ Stroud, that his offensive line, like three starters were missing to start the season for the first six games. Okay. I hate to break it to you. I don't know if you know this, but I don't remember when he got drafted. Everyone said, Hey, he's in great hands. He's got Nico Collins, Tank Dell, right? Like, I'm not saying those guys aren't good. Those guys are good. Those guys are good, but he is a really good player. And I think he has helped elevate their game, which is what good we know that franchise quarterbacks do that, right? Mm -hmm. So the arguments that we have, Hey, the, the Bears only have DJ Moore and they only have Cole Komet, who's a pretty good tight end. It's like, well, that situation is good enough to me that he should have played better this year. Even the offensive line, by the way, because this rookie quarterback down in Houston, 
right, with a rookie head coach and offensive lineman out, is out here balling. Do you see right. how that can be really difficult as a fan? I, I do, but what people fail to realize is Nico Collins was a project. Like, he wasn't good last year or the year before. The year before, he barely even played. He's he's a, He was a project, and it's like – so you know the this because you're, you're giving me insight because you're a true Texans fan. You watch their games. Yeah. I don't. So the, the Texans t- truly took their time. They truly took their time developing him into the player that he is today. I personally think Nico Collins would have balled with Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson left. Now, I, I, I'm a firm believer that you need a dynamic quarterback, and I think Justin Fields is that guy. But this is DJ Moore's first season with Justin Fields. Yeah. He had a good year. Right. He had all so career had, highs. He had all career highs. I can't. I can't argue that. They 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 built up a very good chemistry. Yeah. Now why would you rip it away? Right. Same thing with Texans. With the Texans, the Texans asked CJ the next day, "Who should we draft?" And CJ told Tank Dell, "I told them to come get you." And they came and got him. So the reason that they worked out is because CJ personally said, "I want him." Yeah. If y'all go get him, if y'all go get him, that shows that y'all trust me. Right. 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 So it's the same. If you take that same scenario with the Bears is Justin Fields, DJ Moore. Hey, our first year was good. We can do it again. Let us build this chemistry. Right. right? But for this season, I need another one. Yeah. So it's like if I'm telling you to go get if I'm telling you to go get Marvin Harrison, that can make me better. That can help. Me, that can help me do better things with this offense. It, it will show that you believe in me by doing that. Right? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If if I find out that the I because people have asked, I said I want them to tra- draft the best quarterback available. I, it's fine. That's just how I feel. But if the draft day comes and the commissioner gets up there, Kevin, and he says, and with the first pick in the 2024 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. I will be the happiest guy. You won't see oh, one wow. complaint. You won't see one complain because I will just be like, you know what? I don't care what happens. I'm happy that we have Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> like that is it. I almost a sure bet, like all pro player at some point in the NFL, in my opinion. Right. This is this is what I do. If I was the, if I was the new head coach of the Bears, this is what I do. This is what Domingo Ryan's did, and I, I and it showed how successful you know the Texans was. It was three. We was uh, one. Two thirteen and one last year. Yep. And now one AFC. Be destroyed the Browns. Destroyed the Browns, dude. Destroyed the Browns by the play the Ravens. Hopefully, we destroyed them. Lamar Jackson's having an MVP season. You know, not gonna take nothing away from him. We'll get but there. If I, if I was the 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 next coach of the Bears, that's what I do. First pick, I go get a receiver, and I I go to Justin and I say, when he comes here, I want to see you and him every day in the room. I want to see you and him every day. And honestly, if you can get DJ Moore as a trio, I want to see all y'all every day. I DJ Moore reminds me so much of you, by the way. Like when he talks, I don't know if you ever heard him talk, but he, he has a very similar personality to you. Yeah, I, but like I want, I want those, I want those two together. And then with the, with number nine, I'm going to get a left tackle, and I'm and I'm telling that left tackle, your job is to keep this man safe. And if you do, you will become the highest paid left tackle in the league. I can guarantee that. It's it's a good strategy because they already drafted last year the right tackle, right? Um, Darnell Wright, actually. No, no pun intended. And he's been playing really well for her. He played he had a good rookie year. The left tackle they have right now was a fifth rounder who just happened to play pretty solid. But 
if you get the ninth pick in the draft and there's a, and there's a guy that there's a dude there, you got to take him, right? Absolutely. So I have no problem with it. And by the way, not that you you care. The Bears head coach, they did they did retain their head coach uh, this year. And you might be talking about offensive coordinator because that, that's the dilemma right now is the Bears are keeping their head coach, but they fired the whole offensive staff. They're looking for mm-hmm. offensive coordinators. And like you said, the majority that they, they brought in are you know, four receiver coaches, right? Four receiver sets, Cliff Kingsbury type of offense, right? Yeah. We've seen a lot of that. You want to – you want to lean to just a field strength. Let the ball. Same same thing we did with, with CJ. Damian Pierce played very good last year. He wasn't good this year. So we relied on the strength of our quarterback, which is passing the ball. Yeah. Got him weapons. So get him, get him weapons. And like I said, with, Larry, with, with the Texans, Larry Tunzel, highest paid tackle. Highest paid left tackle. And what did he do? Protect our quarterback. He, we he also – go ahead. We wouldn't have made it this far without him. Oh, for sure. And one thing I love is you guys got Bobby Slowick down there who is Kyle Shanahan tree. The bears have basically been interviewing Kyle Shanahan tree uh, and Sean McVay tree. They also brought in Cliff Kingsbury, right? So I believe they're going to draft some, they're going to bring someone in from the West coast offense, like a, like a Bobby Slovak type, anyone who's close to McVay or Shanahan. If they, if they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, right? Haven, they're telling everyone that they're drafting Caleb Williams because he was just calling plays for him at USC. You don't bring in Cliff Kingsbury and then you keep Justin Fields, right? So if they do that, that's like that's showing your hand, which I mean it is what it is. I mean I'm telling you right now, if y'all let Justin Fields go, he's gonna take his next team to a Super Bowl. Bro, I the thing is, and, and you know what's spooky about the whole situation? Of all the years for Belichick to be a free agent, which I don't know if he signed with Atlanta, but it sounds like it's going to happen. Belichick to Atlanta. Defense is pretty good. Got tons of weapons on offense. What's the one thing Belichick can't stand having to guard? A quarterback that can move. Who would be available if he can give up a second-round pick and get fields in Atlanta back at home in Georgia? That's a spooky team. That's a spooky team, dude. Because that's not a good division. That's not a good division, right? The Bucks have had a good year, but that's not like a – there's no Ravens in that division. There's no – Lions or Niners or right. any of the top teams. Right. And then the thing about the thing about the Bears is the, the thing about the Bears is your division is tough. It is tough. And the Packers look good now. And the Vikings are going to be good if Kirk Cousins comes back. And, 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 and honestly, if we look at the Lions, if we look at what the Lions did, they put weapons around Jared Goff. They did, dude. So like, so like I get it. The quarterback matters. Quarterback position matters a lot. But at the same time, like, give him a chance. Like, yeah. I so legit haven't given him a chance. And then, like, because I don't want people to think I, I don't like the Bears. Like, most if, if you knew me when I was younger, I was a big Devin Hester fan. Yeah, big Devin Hester fan. So I'm, I like the Bears a lot. I want the Bears to get back to what they're known for, and that's being dominant on defense. That's truly why the Bears haven't been good. Their defense hadn't been dominant. Not like – not like back in the day when they was consistently number one defense in the NFL. Exactly. They had a solid like, second half of the season and everyone got all excited. But push comes to shove game of the year against Packers. You know, you win. You keep the Packers out of the playoffs. I mean, they just, you watch that game. The Packers went up and on the field on them. They scored 17 points. They could have scored 31. It was just one of those games. It's not dominant. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. But they tore the whole thing down. Justin Fields, uh, second year in the league, tore it down. Roquan Smith is a Raven. They got rid oh, of a lot of players. And you, see, you see what he's doing with the Ravens. 
That's tough. So tough like, watch. <laughs> like, like I get it. I get it. Everybody is on Justin Fields, but truly, he's not the problem. It's the fact that he doesn't have enough weapons on offense, and your defense isn't as dominant as it once was. And in the in the division that y'all are in, you gotta be dominant on defense. Because think about it. Think about it. Y'all play Justin Jefferson. Y'all play y'all play Justin Jefferson twice a year. Y'all and Jordan Addison. You can put Jordan Addison in that list now. Jesus, who's good. Y'all play him twice a year. And y'all play the Lions, who has a very, very good run game twice a year. Great offensive line. And then, and then y'all are playing Aaron Rodgers backup. Who's starting to look pretty damn good, huh? Who's who is very good. Like I <laughs> I knew when they drafted him and said he's not playing right away. We gonna we gonna he's gonna play back up to Aaron Rodgers until Rodgers is done. I knew when he stepped up to the plate, it's wraps. Yeah. So like and and, and let, let's not act like he just got a bunch of bunch of weapons. That's a good point. He don't have a bunch of weapons, but he has a complete team. I, I put the Packers kind of like the Denver Nuggets, where it's like they don't have just stars, right? But they're clueless like this. But but. As a quarterback, don't you just love that you've got like six or seven really good receivers and there's no Justin Jefferson that you got to feed the ball. Not that Justin Jefferson's a diva because he's not, but like you don't have that number one that if he's not getting the ball, people in the media are going to be like, hey, he only got six, six targets today. That's not going to happen with Green Bay. In fact, their best receiver is probably Jaden Reed. Zero yeah. catches against the Cowboys and they put up 48. And I'm sure he doesn't care because right. he, they're just they're just winning games. Because because the offense is set up to spread the ball around. Because exactly. it's like that's the, that's the OC saying, "I believe in the players that I got." Yeah. Right. So I do believe y'all need an OC who believes in Justin Fields, and I think I, I, I truly believe y'all need an OC that believes in putting weapons around Justin Fields. Like I said, take his fifth year. This is his fourth year. He's going to his fourth. He's going year. into fourth, so you got to pick up the fifth. The fifth is not expensive. I don't I, know what the I, number I, is. It's not expensive. I'd give him his two years. I'd pick up the fifth, but. I'd be trying to put weapons around him because my thing is this. If you put weapons around him and he still doesn't work out, the next quarterback got weapons. Yeah, that's a good point. That That's a, that's a great point. So if you move from one to three to four, whatever it is, where you can still get MHJ, you're you're only doing it if you can get a first-round pick in the 2025 draft, right? So that way, like you said, if you if Fields whiffs, well, then you don't you get that extra chance at the plate. Okay, let's switch gears. Let's talk about your Texans. Before we get to the closing question, every podcast we have a closing question. That'll be after this. But first, straight up, who's winning the game? Texans, Baltimore. Give me the give me your analysis and game pick. Mm, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Honestly. Um as a Texans fan, I want to say the Texans, but I don't think I don't think we are built to make the deep run and like like I think I applaud everything that we've done this year no doubt about it like we weren't supposed to make it this far but we did me personally I said within the next two to three years Texan will be a dark horse Super Bowl team they've become a dark horse Super Bowl team this year but I don't think we're good enough to stop Lamar Jackson like MVP season, Lamar Jackson, when they when we played in the regular season, they blasted us, blasted us. Granted, I don't think – I think C.J. Shroud was hurt that game, but still. 
I'm over here talking and I'm on mute. Game one of the year, they played each other, but Lamar didn't have a great game. CJ didn't throw an interception. They, he threw for a lot of yards. It was one of those games where it was like 15 to six most of the game. Obviously, mm-hmm. Baltimore controlled it. Baltimore ended up pulling away and winning. I don't think it was 27 something. It, it was a it was a weird score, but but if I'm the Texans though, you're feeling hot. You're not right. getting on the field with these guys thinking, "Hey, we can't hold our own." You know what I mean? Oh. Like, plus, no, I, this I, Texans I, I, team this I, this Texans team's kind of reminded me of when Burrow took it in his second year because it was really his rookie year because he got hurt his first year. They kind of went on that run. And then they beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Like I could see it. Do you know what I mean? Like I could see that happen. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I am all for the Texans being the dark horse team. I truly want us to win. Like I want us to go to the Super Bowl every year. But I don't think we are good enough yet to box in, box in Lamar Jackson. Like I, me personally, with the Texans, I think we are a D line away. And like that's. I, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that the D line is a big reason you win Super Bowls. I think yeah. we're a D line, but we got pieces with with Will Anderson. Uh, I think I hope we draft another edge, and we need a D tackle. I hate we left. Um, I hate we left uh, DJ Reader. We we let him go, yeah. and he went on to go to the to the Bengals. Yeah, help them go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I hate that we did, but you know, and that's the thing with stopping Lamar Jackson is. You need good, need a good D line that can box them in and not let them run around. So, I do think our defense isn't isn't there yet to stop a running quarterback. And like, um, you know, to take it a step further, I do think the game against the Browns would have been different if Deshaun Watson was there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco not a dual threat, so like we don't have to worry about him running the ball. Would have been an interesting but, game if Deshaun played. Now that you think about it, playing against mm-hmm. you guys, I never even put that together because he didn't play. Yeah, but like with the Ravens, is you know you got you got Lamar Jackson who can legit kill you with his feet. So like if we box you in, you know if we stop you from running, if if you make the Ravens one dimensional, you know we'll have a good chance. Hopefully we blitz them like like the like Tampa Bay did the Eagles. I like the way they did that. That's Todd Bowles, man. Us to blitz the shit out of them. You know, especially if you get him, especially if you get him in those, he's dangerous in the third and basically passing downs, but medium, like third and four to third and not 10. Like mm. Lamar's tough because if it's third and, and I mean, he's tough, tough anywhere, but eight seconds, he can hold the ball for eight seconds and someone can get open. And the thing <laughs> is, I, I told my friends this before the year started, who in their goddamn right mind in January in Baltimore wants to chase this guy around on third and four? Nobody. Right. Like you're just like, and, and especially you know how it goes. End of the game, four minutes left. They're up by four. He has the ball. It's third and four. You can't get him off the field. Right. And and to take it a step further, the game's in Baltimore. It's, it's in outside. Yeah. And it's gonna be cold. Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, and and, and Lamar Jackson got weapons. Zay so what's the score? What what's the score here? What are we thinking? I think I I think the Ravens win. I think the Ravens win. Thirty four twenty. 34 to 24 range. Okay. I think they'd be respectable. Respectable. Okay. If we keep it close, if we keep if we keep it close, if we keep it close, I think the Texans can win by a field goal. Yeah. But if the if the Ravens score, if the Ravens get up 10 nothing, we're we're through. There's a lot of pressure on Lamar in that game. There's no pressure on the Texans. I mean, that's that's no. the beauty of that game. Kind of like no pressure on no the Packers problem. against the Cowboys. All the pressure was on the Cowboys. 
You know what nobody I mean? like the Packers. Nobody expected the Packers to even be in that position with Jordan Love. Yeah. Nobody expect nobody expects uh CJ Shroud to take over, but me too. All faith, all faith. All right, man. First of all, it's been it's been such a freaking blast. Number one, I I I could talk to you forever. You're one of my you know someone that I, I really admire. Just really have a lot of respect for you. Obviously, having you on the podcast, you my guy. And um, it's good to catch up too. Like this is just me catching up with you and giving you a platform to talk. You're awesome, but it does come to an end. So again, I kind of explained it earlier. There's always a closing question. You don't know what the question is going to be. I do send out a few questions, topics. So you're, you know, like, oh, hey, what are we going to talk about on the pod? You don't know what this is. So my closing question to Kaven: If you could wake up tomorrow and live in any anime world as any anime character, who would it, what world would it be? Who would it be? Maybe even, even be as detailed as what season you're in. What's the plot? What's going on? And you live in it for one day. Where are we at? Mm. Mm. that's a good question that's a thinker <laughs> uh, take your time take your time uh, it either be it either be it either be the Naruto universe or it'd be One Piece and the reason being is because it in both of their worlds, true and true power matters. But in both of their universes, power isn't the say-all, end-all. Like in Naruto, you got people like Mike Guy and Rock Lee who are just regular regulars, but they kick ass. And then and in One Piece, the quote-unquote strongest person to ever live was a regular, regular dude. Goldie Roger was the strongest pirate to ever live. He controlled the world without devil fruit powers. It was just these, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I like, I like, I'd say those universes because even if I don't get powers, I've still got a fair chance at becoming one of the strongest people in the verse. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked them. You know. Oh, now there's one. There's one that I would never pick, and that's Attack on Titan. Like, who wants to live in a world where you get eaten by giant humans, you know? <laughs> that's crazy. But, yeah. Naruto is cool. I think it'd be cool to be a pirate on, on Luffy's, uh, on Lu- in Luffy's crew. I think it's cool to have to, to have my own crew, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I ask because I you're talking about anime, and I think, man, as a big fan of my shows and stuff, what show would I want to wake up into? I thought it'd be a good, a good closing question. Before I also close out the show, thank you for that answer. Um, before I close out the show, you you told me a quote once that I'll share with you. It was a teacher in college, or you heard it somewhere, but you you passed it on to me, and I want to close the show with it. Is um, the difference between the one guy who they were in film class, and you had to the project was to make a film right by the end of the semester, and one person was like trying to perfect everything before they actually shot the film. And the other guy, the two, there was two different people. One guy was a perfectionist, right? The, the, the Steph Curry quote. The Steph, was it the Steph Curry uh, quote? It was, yeah, it was the, uh, you and Steph Curry, y'all got to make 10 shots. And, he, and it was, while you're trying to get the perfect shot, Steph Curry's just putting up shots. Yeah. Because he knows, he knows if I put up 100, I'm going to at least make 10. I'm going to make while 10. Yeah, while you're trying to shoot the perfect 10, he's trying to put up as many shots as possible. 
And you use that as an analogy as like somebody who's trying to make the perfect film versus just shooting multiple, like all just keep shooting films because they're going to get better. Right. Quit trying to be a perfectionist. There's nothing wrong with trying to have great quality, but just go with it. So I'm just bringing it up to remind you, like, as you're going on your journey this year, like keep that thought in mind, just keep doing it. Cause I love what I'm seeing. You make such good content, but it's all about those reps. I, and I'm doing the same thing with my podcast. So we're on a similar journey and I really appreciate you. You're my guy. Can't wait to have you on again, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you, bro.